What I'm sharing with you today is not just our theme for 2018. I believe that this is a prophetic declaration of what God is doing right now in the Spirit. I want to say that again. This isn't just our theme for 2018. When you walked into foyer, you saw our new banner on the first Sunday of January. But this is what God is doing in the Spirit in our church and in our community. God is making a way. I don't know what your situation is, but I know what the answer is. And it is God to make a way for you and I. You heard that message that I preached. I was looking back. I preached this message on October 15th. When I'd finished that sermon, I knew that needed to be the theme for our church in 2018. Because as I said, it's a proclamation from the Lord concerning what he's doing in the spirit. I want you to get that in your heart that whatever your situation is, whatever's going on around you, God is making a way for you. He's making a way through. Actually, he's already made the way. It's already done. But he's leading you in the way. He's already taken care of it. Look to the person next to you. Bump him with your arm and say, he's already taken care of it. He's already taken care of it. It's already done. But for you, he's leading you in the way that he has made for you. Now, there might be some people who today you would say you're feeling a little tired because for so long you've been trying to figure out the way. Perhaps you feel like life is a maze and you're trying to find the right combination of turns. If I turn here and if I turn there and if I do this and if I do that and if I get it all perfect, it'll work out. It seems like you know, you're doing good for a while And then somehow you make the wrong turn and you end up at another dead end. Or perhaps you feel like you're making your own way. And you feel like the guy out in the jungle with the machete. And you've just been forging your own path. That gets hard. That gets tiring. You've got a long journey and to have to cut your way and make your own road is very wearisome. And it's very tiring. I want to encourage you today... To get ready. And here's what I sense. For God to suddenly open up a way. For God to suddenly open up a way of deliverance. For God to suddenly open up a way of provision. For God to suddenly open up a way of breakthrough. For God to suddenly bring healing into your life. 2 Kings chapter 5 records the account of this guy named Naaman. Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army. Even back then, they had problems with those people. And so, Naaman is the commander of the Syrian army. The Bible tells us that he was a valiant warrior. That he was well respected. And the Bible says this, that he was favored by God. For the Bible says that through him, through Naaman, the Lord had given victory to Aram. But he has a problem. And you've heard the story. He had a problem with leprosy. Now there was a young girl from Israel who had been kidnapped and taken captive during one of the raids into Israel. Now, you know, it's kind of funny how quickly we just kind of read over that. Talk about there again, human trafficking. You know what I mean? She had been kidnapped 
by the Syrians. She had been taken away as a slave. And she ended up in Naaman's house. And she served his wife. This young girl, she said, if only my master, she knew about his situation. She said, if only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman's wife tells him this, and Naaman goes to the king of Syria, and he tells the king of Syria what the girl said. The king says, sure, whatever you have to do, whatever you need to do, go ahead and take care of it, whatever you need to do. And I'll write a letter to the king of Israel. Can you imagine, here this guy comes, and he says, with this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of leprosy. When the king of Israel read this, the Bible says that he tore his robe and he said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this guy send me someone to me to be cured of leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel or a fight with me. The king of Israel could not see a way out. From this horrible disease of leprosy. In 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 8. We'll pick up there. And the Bible tells us this. It says. When Elisha the man of God. Heard the king of Israel. Had torn his robe. He sent him this message. He says. Why have you torn your robe? Have the man come to me. And notice what he says. I underlined this in my passage. He said. You time to come to me. And he'll know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Now, the Bible tells us, he stopped at the doors of Elisha's house, verse 10, and Elisha sent a messenger to him, and he said, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. The Bible tells us that Naaman heard this. He took offense and he went away angry. You see, Naaman had certain expectations of what and how things were going to happen. And he was thinking this, listen, all right, when I arrive with my entourage, Elisha the prophet, he's going to come out and he's going to meet me. He's going to be impressed by my chariots, by my horses, He's going to be impressed by the soldiers that are with me. He's going to want to spend a little bit of time with me because he knows I'm someone of great importance. We'll talk a few moments. He'll listen intently to me as I tell him about my symptoms, how it all started, the speed of its progression, and, well, how are you feeling today, Naaman? Then he'll step back. He'll push out his chest, lean his head back, He'll raise his voice and call on the name of his God. And then he'll dramatically wave his hand over the spot where my leprosy is and I'll be cured. But you know what? He he doesn't do that. He sends out a prophet in training. He sends out the water boy and he gives me a message. Hey, go jump in the Jordan River seven times. That's really what he told him to do. Go jump into Jordan seven times and when you're done, you'll be okay. He doesn't even have the tact to come out and address me. I'd never really thought about that before, but as I was thinking about that and praying about that, I think that what happened was God was going to deal with some issues in Naaman's life. 
that went beyond his leprosy, okay? There were other issues in Naaman's life that were important, not just his leprosy. I think the fact that one of the issues that was in Naaman's life was an issue of pride in his life. Pastor, how do you know? Because he was very easily offended. If you're easily offended, you might have an issue with pride. And I think that the Holy Spirit showed the prophet what he should do, how he should respond. I don't think it was a prophet just being rude, but in this situation, God wanted to bring out what was in him that needed to come out of him. Maybe God is doing some things in your life where you start getting ticked off, where God's trying to bring some things that are in you out. Because for him to take you and do what he wants in your life, you can't be filled with those things. The natural tendency is to blame the person. To be mad at them instead of taking a moment and looking at ourselves. And so here he is. He is furious. He's like, man, alive. I travel all of this way down here. I come all this way down here. And he tells me to go jump in a river. He says, aren't the Abana and the Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Why did I waste my time coming here? Couldn't I have washed in them and cleansed? And it says that he left furious. The answer to his question, I want you to hear this. Couldn't I have washed in them and be cleansed? The answer to his question is no. Absolutely no. If you could have, you would have. It didn't work. He could not wash in the far par and the Abana River and be cleansed. He couldn't just do things his way and get what he wanted. The answer to some of your questions and your arguments with God is no as well. He is God, you are not. When you come to understand that, things will go much better for you, okay? Maybe you might want to jot that little note down. The answer to your question is no. He's God, you're not. When you start to understand that, things will go much better. We have to come to that understanding. He's God, I'm not. I don't get to tell him what I'm going to do. I don't get to tell him how he's going to do it. I am not the one in authority and control. He is God and I'm not. So the next time you start getting mad and frustrated with God, I'm going to tell you, remember this. Pastor said the answer's no. He's God. I'm not. That's just the way it is. And it's going to go much better for me when I understand that. There are some signs. God's making a way. But there's some signs that you need to avoid. If you see Anger Alley, you don't want to turn there. You avoid Anger Alley. Bitterness Boulevard, stay away. Road Rage Road, stay away from that one, okay? When you see the sign of those things, you say, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going, but I don't want to go down that road. It's going to take me someplace I don't want to go. Anytime you see a sign, Highway to Holiness, If you want God to show you the way, you look for holiness. You get on holiness highway, I'm telling you, it's going to take you where you want to go. There's another sign that you're going to want to look for that we're going to talk about today. And that's a sign called obedience. Anytime you see a sign or something that points towards obedience, you want to be moving towards obedience. Now, here's Naaman. He's furious. He's like, I come here, I travel all the way here, 
And this clown won't even come out and acknowledge me. Doesn't he know who I am? I deserve something better. And he's like, I'm just going back. And he starts to leave. Now, here's the thing. He was very, very close to his healing. He was very, very close to his breakthrough. He was right there. But before he got there, there was a test that he had to go through. Okay? Now, here's the thing. As we said earlier, these situations will expose things in our hearts. I believe that for Naaman, it was an issue of pride. Somehow, God favored him. Somehow, God looked on Naaman, and there was something about Naaman that God appreciated, or God blessed Naaman, okay? So that was cool. God was looking to heal Naaman. He was wanting to do something good for Naaman. But before he could do it, there was this area of obedience. Was Naaman going to listen to the command of God through the prophet? Or was he going to disobey and do his own thing? I like this. When Elisha heard the king was distressed and had torn his clothes, he said to him, send him to me, that he may know there's a prophet in Israel. The prophet gave him a word from the Lord, but Naaman almost missed his healing. He almost missed his way out from this horrible disease because he would not simply obey. Verse 13, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as a man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored, and he became clean like that of a young boy. Can I tell you this? I'm getting ready to bring somebody into your breakthrough. I'm telling you that. There's some people who have been struggling with things for so long. There's some roadblocks that are dead ends that you keep hitting yourself up against. Okay? And you're like, I've been here before. How did I end up missing that road? You've been chopping your way through. Keep chopping because you've got miles and miles to go. Keep chopping. But God is opening up a way for you. He's ready to bring a breakthrough for you. But the breakthrough is tied to your obedience. God is making a way for you, but you will not. Hear me, hear me loud and clear. You will not experience it without first obeying him. You will not experience it. You can be mad at your wife, you can be mad at your kids, you can be mad at your dog, you can be mad at everybody and frustrated, or you can simply obey. You can't buy your breakthrough. You can't negotiate your breakthrough. You can't be mad and bully your breakthrough. When Naaman came to the prophet, he brought a gift. Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, Don't appear before the Lord empty-handed. When Naaman came, he brought a gift. The gift consisted of 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing. But the man of God was not moved by it. Let me put this in perspective. On Wednesday, as I was preparing, gold was valued at $1,329.29 per ounce. Today, that gold would be valued at $3.19 million. On Wednesday, silver was selling for $17.03 per ounce. 
that silver will be valued at $204,360. Can you imagine Naaman standing at the door with the equivalent of $3.4 million? He must really want to be healed. If someone knocks at your door with $3.4 million, he must really want to be healed. I can hear Naaman saying, whatever I have to do to be healed, no cost is too high. But you know what? God can't be bought. Your breakthrough can't be bought. God's not for sale. The man of God is not for sale either. He's not going to compromise and give that person what he wants simply because he wants to throw $3.4 million at him. God cannot be bought. And so as he stands here, I can imagine Naaman saying, I'll do whatever I have to do. I need to be healed. I see what this is going to do to my body. I've been blessed so much, but this is destroying me. Whatever I have to pay, whatever I have to do, whatever he has to do, except for obey. You dummy. You know what I mean? You'll give $3.4 million, but you won't simply obey the word of the Lord. Obeying the word of the Lord really cost him nothing other than his pride and his arrogance and his control. That's what it cost him. It cost him his pride, his arrogance, and his control. The funny thing is, is as he stands there, he's, I can imagine him thinking, uh, his wife saying, honey, we'll do whatever you got to do. The king saying, we want you to get a breakthrough. Whatever we have to do to help you, we'll do it. $3.4 million standing at the door. And he says, I'll happily give this, plus 10 Things have closed, so that must have been very expensive. I'll give whatever, but he almost missed it because he wouldn't listen to the instruction of the Lord. Fortunately for him, he heeded his servant's instructions and was healed. As we finish up, I just want to ask you a question. What's God been asking you to do? What's he been asking you to obey him in? And when are you going to start? What's he been asking you to do? When are you going to start? Are you willing to miss the blessing of the Lord? Are you willing to miss the breakthrough? Because no one's going to tell you what to do. Because you don't want to look dumb. Because you're angry. Or because you want to have your way. Or will you simply learn to step out in obedience? And when God speaks, you'll say, sure, no problem. For a long time. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to people about specific things. This will not be something condemning. This will be something that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. When I speak to you, you'll know there's a prophet in the house because God will point things to your heart. And he's saying, that one area, I'm asking you to listen to me. I'm asking you to trust me. in. I'm asking you to surrender that to me. I'm not going to name things because you'll know what that is. The Holy Spirit will bring that to your mind. Are you willing to hold up what God wants to do in your life for that? Naaman was willing to give 3.4 million. He was willing to give 3.4 million to receive his healing, but he wouldn't do something that cost him nothing. He'll dip seven times in the river. So what's God saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit putting on your heart? Now, here's our question. Are you willing to obey him in that area of your life? If you are, get ready. If you are, expect God to break through for you. 
If you are, expect the favor and the goodness and the blessings. Expect God's spirit to be poured out in you. Expect those things that you've been desiring. Expect them to come to pass. If you're not, then you can just go home mad. I'm sorry. You'll be like Naaman. You'll go home mad and ticked off and saying, I don't understand. Doesn't make any sense. A lot of times it's nothing big. It's nothing big at all. A lot of times something small, what others would say is insignificant. But in God's sight, he demands. He demands. Hear me. He's king. He's Lord. He demands your obedience. If you're willing to do it, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will empower you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He'll empower you to be able to obey him in that area of your life and surrender. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for the example of Naaman. Although he was mad, although he didn't understand, although he was offended, he came to his senses. Like the prodigal son came to his senses. In a moment, he came to his senses. I pray that we would come to our senses in this moment. And if there's areas of obedience, Lord, you're wanting to bring breakthrough. You're wanting to make a way. You're wanting to provide. You're wanting to heal. But Lord, you require, you demand obedience. Lord, we've missed the turn before. We've gone to the dead end before. We've been delayed before. We don't want to be delayed again. So I ask you today, Father, that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit. And whatever those things are, just symbolically, we lay them here at the altar. And we ask you to take them from us, Lord. We surrender those things to you. And we ask you, Lord, that you would empower us to obey you fully. That we would fear the Lord and trust in you. As your people do that, as they come into agreement with you, I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower them and anoint them to be able to do what you've asked. And we pray this in Jesus' name over each of their lives. I pray that as they obey, I pray that breakthroughs, that healing, that deliverance, that provision would overtake them in Jesus' name. That as they obey you, the more they obey you, Lord, I pray that you would answer them quickly in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.